Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today for, what, our second podcast of the year now? First. This will be our first oh, episode Oh, first of the in year. the new year. All right. So welcome back. Season we are, four. Yeah. Season four Speaking of Just of Browsing. Um, first podcast of 2023, and today we're going to bring you a little movie podcast. Um, I thought it would be a good time to go ahead and do a 2022 movie review podcast because, you know, as... As it, as things go, as you reach the end of the year, um, holiday season, kind of, you know, last last couple of weeks of the year, and then into the into the new year, everyone's doing their year end lists of albums and TV shows and movies and all kinds of stuff, and then the best sports moments and all this kind of stuff. So while it's kind of fresh in everyone's mind, um, we're gonna do a 2022 movie review, and we're gonna gonna kind of do it in the same format that we've done the movie flashbacks. To those of you who have listened for a while and have listened to those movie flashbacks, you'll be familiar with the format. To those of you who are new, welcome. Um, basically, how this usually goes is I am a nerd and I put together a spreadsheet at the end of every year of all of the movies that I've seen that were released that year. I basically rank them on a scale of one to five stars and then I rank my top five. And it's kind of cool to... I mean, it's nice to do it on a yearly basis, but it's kind of cool to go back and do the actual flashbacks where we go back years at a time because it's a nice peek into like what my preferences were at the time, what movies I saw that came out that year. Um, it's also been fun to kind of go back and re-look at those and kind of add in the movies that were released from those years that I didn't see in those years that I've seen in the years um, subsequent. So that's kind of fun. Um, see if my top fives have remained the same or not. But um, yeah, so the, welcome to the 2022 movie flashback. It's not really much of a flashback since we're just talking about you know something that happened literally a couple weeks ago for some of these movies. So um, yeah, do you want me to just dive in? I know you were kind of saying how this many- will be a Zach Jones <laughs> podcast with me chiming in on like three movies. Okay, so I know you. I didn't. I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic earlier, but how many of no, these I have wasn't. you actually seen? Is it literally only like two or three? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about yeah, okay. That's about it. All right. Well, fair enough. And and this is what I was kind of explaining to Matt a little bit earlier, and I'll, I'll kind of treat it. So I'll be talking to Matt and to the listeners, and basically I will avoid going into spoiler territory as best I can for any of these and just kind of treat this as like a – Spoiler-free review and a recommendation podcast for movies that you may not have seen from 2022 that I recommend, movies that I thought were bad that I don't recommend, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess spoiler warning for any spoiler territory that I do get into for 2022 release movies. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm going to try and give a pretty much spoiler-free review and then go over my top fives. And then um, at some point in years in subsequent years from now, we'll kind of, this will be an actual movie flashback. And with some time that will have passed in the interim, we can kind of get into spoiler territory. Um, what do you think is like, here's a question for you. What do you think is like the time frame in which people can no longer get mad if they hear spoilers about a movie? Like how, how long does the movie have to be out before it's like, dude, it's been out for five years. Like you, you it's, this is not my problem anymore. Honestly, I would say it has to be out at least a year on, like DVD or digital to where you could go yeah. to Amazon, Redbox. I think that's you know. probably fair. Cause Cause it's like, got, dude, you got to give it a chance from not being in theaters. Like, right, right. 
don't be like, well, it's been out for three weeks. And it's like, well, dude, I don't have the time to go to the yeah, theater or yeah. I don't want to go to the theater. I'd rather just watch it when it comes out on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. So I would say probably a year after it's been dropped. But I know like people that are like, I have, I've never watched the Titanic. And I'm like, well, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it for you <laughs> because it's been out for like, what, 24 <laughs> years or whatever. Years or it's yeah, like yeah. you've had plenty of fucking time to see it. Right, right. It's not my fault that yeah. you haven't seen the Titanic. It's yeah. on TV a lot. You can fucking right. probably find it on like Netflix that, or Hulu. Like that movie's or, been on cable rotation right. for... 25 fucking right. years. Literally 20, like two plus decades. So it's like you can't be complaining about sport. So and for it's me, like, it's a year. I'd like, say like, a year from yeah. being like... Maybe not necessarily a year from being put on, on like cable TV because it usually takes longer for some of those to be on cable. Yeah. Especially now because everyone's so sensitive to all of the things that they're like, oh no, they said this word. We can't put that movie in there. So we got to like, I think it's a year from when you, like I could go to Amazon and buy it yeah. or rent it on Amazon. Well, I, I think that's fair because it's like, look, if it's accessible to you to watch at home, either through streaming or renting a disc or whatever, or buying a disc. You've had plenty of time to watch the movie. So right. it's like you can't be like, oh, bro, fucking spoilers. It's like just rent it on iTunes and watch it. Like it's, I mean, you're it's, listening to a movie review podcast. <laughs> it's it's kind of like hear me some spoilers. And, and like Game of Thrones, right? Like that shit was going on for, since when? Like 2000? I think it, the first season came out in like 2011, or, I think. Early, yeah, yeah, so early 2010s. Maybe even before then. We'll have to look that up because I think it came out when we were in high school. Which I guess 2011 when we were yeah. still in high school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure season but, one was like 2011. But it's like, I didn't watch that until what, 2020? Right. 2021? Yeah. So like way late. So it's party, like, yeah. I'm way late, but I would tell people, I'm like, I just haven't seen it yet because I don't yeah. have HBO. Yeah. And I'm not going to go out and buy this eight season collection, which, I mean, <laughs> I watch it enough now that <laughs> I could buy the eight season now collection. Now you're fucking, I'm you're, fine you're with balls it. deep now. But it's like, a show is a little different because you need more time. Whereas, like right. a movie, it's like, hey, dude, you got three hours tonight. Watch this exactly. two-hour-long yeah. movie, and then guess what? No one will spoil anything. For yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's one of those things. Like, f just for me, I consume a lot of media that discusses movies, and I try and like. I'm not going to click on a podcast that's reviewing a movie I haven't seen or is talking about, or if there's the possibility that they're going to talk about movies that I haven't seen yet. Because I don't want them spoiled for me yet, so I'll I'll make sure I watch those movies first, then listen to the discussion right. about it later. Which is like just it makes sense that way. Me personally, I don't get super butthurt about spoilers. They they don't really like it. Does if it's like a major major plot point or some sort of big twist, that kind of sucks because it gets ruined for you. But like, it still for me doesn't take away from the experience well, of of watching how that plot point comes about. You know what I mean? Like. So so here's a different perspective then when it comes to like movies and being spoiled. If you read the books before you watch the movies, you've already spoiled the yeah, movie. Like the movie's nothing just can a really cinematic be yeah, it's, it's version just a of what you read. Yeah. So like, you know, my perception when I read, which is very little, if any, is like, you know, you build the story in your head. You're kind of playing a movie in your mind of like how you view what you're reading. Right, but then you see it on a screen, and you're like, "Well, now I get to see someone else's interpretation of right, right. 900 pages into two hours." Mm -hmm. So I know there's going to be a lot of things that are like skipped out on, but or it's like I already slightly, know, yeah. like you you went into the Half Blood Prince, right, for mm -hmm. Harry Potter, and you read the book. You're like sitting on the edge of your seat. You're like, "Well, when does Dumbledore die? He died yeah. towards the end of the book." Yeah, and then they're like, "Hey, they're they're in the astronomy town." You're like, "Well, fuck, he's gonna die." Yeah. And then he dies, and you're like, no! 
oh, but it's like you knew it was coming. Right. Just like you knew fucking all everyone who died in the Battle of Hogwarts. Like you knew they died, but you were like right. you didn't want to see them die, but then they died. Yeah, and you're still going through. So that's kind of what I was saying. Like you're still going through the experience of watching the movie. You're following the characters along. You're following the plot developments, and then you're like. Oh, I see how they executed right. this. Like I knew I knew X was going to happen, but how they got there, it was still a journey. Right. So, perfect example, uh Sam's wife Kayla had not ever read or seen Harry Potter until like last year. So, I lent her all the books and I should have been like Sam you need to get a divorce. <laughs> we were He's been doing his utmost to to make sure she gets caught up on all the classics cuz she hadn't watched like apparently a movie until they started dating. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Um, I'm going to have to talk with her next time I fucking see her. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he's been taking her through the whole gambit of like, you haven't seen this? What the fuck? Like, we're watching this tonight. He's been doing the whole thing. He's like pinning her eyes open. <laughs> yeah, he's doing like, the eyes wide shut sleeping. thing. Like, you haven't watched Forrest Gump? God damn it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we were, we were having dinner, and she was on like book. She might have been on book six, so Half-Blood Prince. And I was talking to Sam about we were rewatching the movies or something, and I was like, dude, I always forget. And I've had this conversation with you. We've done multiple podcasts on Harry Potter, and obviously, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't either read Not the books. Not a fucking or, spoiler alert. It's been <laughs> out for like right. Yeah, yeah. 10 the, the movies have been years. out, and the books have been out for a long time. You've had plenty of time to catch up. Anyway, I made some comment where I was like, I always forget after a certain amount of time of, of going by that I haven't rewatched the movies or reread the books, how exactly Snape ends up being a good guy. And like, as I was saying that sentence, Sam like leaned back behind Kayla and he was doing one of these motions like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And I was like, what? And I, like, I didn't catch on to what he was saying until I said it. And she's like, what? Seriously? And he's like, bro, I've been trying to keep that a secret for fucking months now. And she, cause she's like, every book she reads, she's like, fuck Snape. Snape sucks. And Sam's like, yeah, Snape sucks. All right. Like, you just keep reading. Real like, dickhead. <laughs> yep. And I was like, all right, Kayla, I, first of all, I apologize for spoiling that because that is kind of a big thing. But also, you knowing that Snape turns out to actually be a good guy doesn't ruin how you find out how he's a good guy you know he's what i mean he's a bad guy like, literally into the last 20 minutes of the fucking exactly like, i'm like that payoff is still gonna hit emotionally for you even though you know he's not actually a piece of shit right. you know what i mean i mean he's still a piece of shit he's, you he's, gotta think he's, he still did all of this yeah, shit that you don't like yeah, him for but he's just like a double agent essentially so it's like his heart was in the right place he just had to do right. bad things basically but i was like look that's not going to ruin your experience of it. I'm sorry I said that. I didn't realize you didn't know. Because I was just like, at this point, I'm like, okay, I, I'm totally kidding. I thought everyone knew that. Like, I thought everyone had seen Harry Potter. Everyone had read the book. I, like, I thought that was just knowledge that everyone had who just existed in life. I mean, people that, people that exist, yeah. Yeah. And, and enjoy and she the world. Just, I, just, I was like, ah, I keep forgetting you just haven't experienced she the story broke yet. The it's simulation. blowing my mind. Like, anyway. So... With that random sidebar on on spoilers, uh, I will try and keep all of this as spoiler free as possible. Um, but just a forewarning before we dive into this: um, spoiler alert for any 2022 release movies if we do happen to get into it. So I would just say, for the most if I start part, getting into spoilers, panic, pause, or like fast forward a minute or something, and we'll probably be on to something. Else. I would just say, for the most part, as best as you to your ability, go through, be like, this is the movie I saw. I rated right. it this and. I rated it this because I wouldn't recommend it based on like yeah. X, Y, and Z, but I wouldn't be like, like the movies I saw, we could probably get into. And then we could be like, hey, if you haven't seen this movie yet, tune out. Yeah. And then you can come back in in a little bit and see if we're still talking about right, it. But right. I would say, like, because like I said, I've seen maybe 
I've seen two I know for sure and maybe a third, but I can't really remember it. So we'll just go with two. Okay. Two like, for sure. Two for All sure. Right. And okay. it's like. Well, so let's do this. I, I think the way we've done some of the previous movie flashbacks is I've basically sorted them from like the ones I have the lowest rated to the highest rated. So I'll start with the ones that I gave the least amount of stars out of five, and we'll we'll work our way up from there. So you also have to remember we started this series. So we started the podcast in 2020, mm-hmm. and we went the series all the way back to 2014. So when we were doing this, we had six years of leeway. Right. Even more because we actually there's a 2013 one that we've done too. So we have we had okay, like so seven had years seven years of leeway where these movies had been out, and then and 2020 like, hit and nothing came out. So yeah. we did that with last year's one or yeah. whatever, and then it's like. So it's like, but we did last year's one not that long ago, I don't think. In like, I think we did it in the summer of this year. Yeah, we did one towards the end of the year, I think, like in November. Well, and I, I think for people who have listened to the podcast, know that this is the eventual plan. For anyone who's tuning into one of these movie review podcasts for the first time, the plan is. So since I started keeping track of this, was the year 2013. Obviously, we're in 2023 now. So next year in 2024, when I put together my 2023 list, that'll be 10 years worth of movie data that we can look at. And the ultimate goal is what I've been doing is going back through and re-looking at the movies that I've seen in those years since then and adding them to the list and being like, well, do any of these Right, because there were some movies like John Wick that he didn't see in theaters in (laughs) that year. And And that movie slaps. So obviously I've seen that since then, and that's in the top five for that year. So what's going to happen is, so there's a top five for every year, and then we're going to put a whole list together of all of the top fives and do like a decade top five list, basically. So what we're going to be looking at is like, of the what are my five favorite that. movies of the last decade? Of, we could also, and, and you're picking from the cream of the crop. Like these are all of these movies were in a top five for the year they came out. So you know what, what we what could we do too, because we are the Just Brackets I'm podcast excited too. For that. Oh, we could make a, a bracket. fucking bracket of like this is from the year 2000 to 2010. Well, mm. we could do that for like. 2000 to 2000 and well okay we'd have to figure this out a little bit better so maybe we do 2000 to 2010 gets like the left side of the bracket so we get the top 32 movies from that decade oh, and then I the see. right side would be from 2010 and we could just go to present because it's like three years into the new decade or two years into the new decade and be like this is from like this 2011 to current gets the right side of the bracket based on well, we'd have to figure out how we're going to get the movies in there, though, yeah. because we can't go on like IMDb because you're going to get random ones that are like, right. no one well, saw what, that. What I thought you were going to say is take all of the movies, all of the top, well, how many would that be? It'd be 50 movies. If we took all of the top fives for the last 10 years, that'd be 50 movies, put them all into a bracket and decide what's our ultimate favorite movie out of the last 10 years based on the ones that have come from these flashbacks. I thought that's where you were going. That would be hard. That'd be and a it's hard not, one. To we, we maybe build. would need to sprinkle in like another 14 movies just to get it to an even 64 team bracket. Right. Or we do, what was the best movie from the decade of, I like the, the decade. I like the decade. The idea too. Like, so from, from 2000 to 2010, do just, We'll the go through the whole move, the list and, and say, movies. like, here are our favorite movies from this decade. Like, maybe we each come up with 16, right? Right, And then right. And just we, throw them into have the a same bracket. One, or maybe we each come up with 20 or 25, yeah. and then we're like, all right, we each have this one. Right. So it's for sure shoe-in. Yeah. And, like, do that. And then I we like do that lot, from, actually. like, 2011 More ideas current. for just brackets. 
Fuck Dude, yeah, it's because I like, I like this. making brackets. I like this. All right, we need to write that down so we don't forget. Um, I'll put it in my notes before. On the before next episode of the Just Brackets podcast, <laughs> we still right. have a World War II movie one we needed to do. Well, we did. Yeah, we didn't do a bracket, but we did do a whole podcast on our favorite movies and shows for World War II stuff. But yeah, because Bennett Brothers is going to win. It there's a there's an idea that we had for war movies by war. Like doing an all World War One movie bracket and all it's World War so movie It's just so hard because it's like World War One. you've got one of the movies that was released this year, which is all quiet on the Western Front. Which mm-hmm. Okay, so three movies then. I saw three. Okay. But I need to rewatch that because I watched it in an airport. Okay. And it's really fucking hard to follow along when yeah, they don't speak yeah, English. Yeah. And you're like moving about an airport. Mm-hmm. Um, but like World War One would be too hard. You got that movie in like 1916, and like there's other ones that are out there. But it's but just there's like, not as many. Yeah, World War Two would be super easy to fill. There's a lot from World War Two. Vietnam, there's a few, but none that like. Yeah. Not a lot that are like World but War Two. I, I think comparable. the only reason we landed on that is it's just hard to have like Gladiator versus like fucking S- Platoon. Speaking of Gladiator, no, you know do you know I mean? they're coming out with a second one? I do. And also, if we want to save that for another discussion, have you ever I sent Zach this article the other day. Did you hear what the plot was for the unreleased script that they developed right after the first Gladiator came out for what they wanted their sequel to be? Uh-uh. It's fucking bonkers. It's basically like Sparknotes version. I read this little article about it the other day. This guy was hired to write because they wanted to capitalize on the success of Gladiator because Gladiator right. made hundreds Gladiator of millions of dollars, got nominated for Oscars, it won Best Picture, it won Best Actor. It's like this fucking triumph of a movie. So Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe were like, we should jump on it and make a sequel. So they hire this guy to write a sequel, and he writes this fucking insane script. It's like some guy who was just like on drugs and was just going for it. And I guess he even was quoted as like, I knew they weren't going to make my script, so I just like went for it and just made a fucking crazy idea. Basically, it involves com. Uh, what, what's what's Russell Crowe's um, what's what's a quo? What's, what's, quo? what's Russell Crowe's character's name from that Maximus movie? Decimus Maximus Decimus Meridius. <clears throat> That's right. Commanders of the armies of the north. <laughs> My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Uh, he basically wakes up in the afterlife, and there's like Greek gods, I guess, and the Greek gods say like, "Hey." We have this other god that's gone rogue. We need you to go kill him. It basically turns into like God of War. So we go and from he, Rome to Greece. Yes. And then he basically has to go kill this. They like imbue him with these special like godlike abilities to go track down and kill this god. And then somehow he gets resurrected and then he's back in mortal form. And it has something to do with the Christians in the time of the Romans, like hiding from the Romans or something like that. And then eventually he fights in like a bunch of different wars throughout history. And it ends with him like in the Pentagon in present day. Fucking bonkers. Like what? That apparently was a, so, an actual script that was written so he's probably, for Gladiator sequel. He's probably a Ubisoft worker who like works on the Assassin's Creeds where it's like you go back in time as yeah. his character and you have to go like execute, you know, like Napoleon in yeah. France or yeah. whatever. And then you come back and you're like, Oh, you're I'm in my apartment in Brooklyn or yeah. whatever yeah. and like yeah, it's, it's it, probably it, some dude it like It basically that. seemed like a combination of like Assassin's Creed and God of War if you were like on a lot of coke. <laughs> I mean, maybe a good movie idea as a standalone, but not as a sequel to Gladiator. Weird. Weird. So, so anyway, the the Gladiator sequel that is being greenlit and worked on now, it does not have anything to do with that. It's with Lucius, who is the son of the... Yeah. I don't know if she's a princess. Like, 
a, what is an emperor's daughter? Like the emperor's daughter? I don't like, know. Good question. What's she's the cra- royal she has to have decree a title. of that? I don't know what the title is though. But that's who it's it's yeah. based on is him. Yeah. Well, and Ridley Scott's apparently coming back to direct, so it, it, he's only going to be attached to it if the script is like legit. Like, it's obviously not going to be this crazy God of War fucking thing. Which I would watch that movie. That, yeah, it the, seems the, the plot sounds fucking crazy. I, I don't know how that would look, but and like it just seems like such a wild deviation from the original Gladiator. But like, hey, whatever. Took a um, swing and miss. Yeah, d- whatever. Uh, so without further ado, we've rambled for fucking 20 minutes about spoilers and a weird Gladiator sequel that never got made. Um, let's go ahead and dive in, shall we? Um, let's dive in. The last movie on this list. So there's two movies that I gave literally one and a half out of five stars, and that was honestly probably being generous. Um, the first one on the list is Morbius. This is the Jared Leto movie that came out this year that's a... It's one of those things where it's like it's a Marvel property, but it's owned by Sony, so it's like in the Venom universe, but kind of in the Marvel MCU universe, and they can't figure out what the fuck they're doing. Anyway, Morbius is like this doctor who he has some sort of horrible like disease that like guy. that like really severely debilitates him, and in his effort to try and cure his disease and cure other people who have this disease, he goes to some far-off exotic place and does some weird blood test involving bats and basically turns into, like, a vampire. And it's, like, a kind of a cool concept, but the movie is just not very good, and the editing is really weird, and it's kind of stitched together, and, like, the pacing's all off, and it's not a good movie. I, I, don't, I don't recommend it. It's, I think it's on Netflix now. I think that's where we watched it, and I was like, well... I mean, I guess it was entertaining enough for free, but I was like, this is just not. I've a had good zero movie. desire to see. I saw the it's, previews. And I, I was like, nah, I'm not interested. And they they, they kind of try and shoehorn it into the MCU universe, but it's also like I said, you know how like they've had this whole thing. Marvel, it's it's a Marvel character, but like the film rights were owned by Sony, which is what had happened with Spider Man for years. And the only reason Tom Holland's Spider Man was able to be in the MCU is they worked out this weird contractual agreement where like Sony was still making the movies, but he was part of the MCU, so they could go on the back of MCU success. And the whole thing's weird, and that's kind of how Morbius was. All like to a far lesser extent successfully speaking you know what i mean like financially right. speaking anyway it just didn't work i i was not a fan um the next movie on here that has one and a half out of five stars is a movie called moonfall do you remember me talking to you about this movie and how fucking ridiculous it yeah. was? yeah <laughs> so i don't want to say what the twist is in this i'll stay out of spoiler territory for this but let me just say this movie is directed by Roland Emmerich, who did uh, like The Day After Tomorrow in 2012. He's he's known for making like big budget disaster movies, which are entertaining. Like that's a whole genre in and of itself, and they're very entertaining when done well. And he's done some good ones in the past. This is not a very good one. It's got uh, Patrick Wilson and like Halle Berry and the guy who plays Samuel Tarly in uh, Game of Thrones, and it basically has to do. You think it's gonna be like this disaster movie involving like the moon's gravitational pull getting fucked up with earth's and like the moon colliding into earth or something. It ends up being far more than that. And it's kind of like a really ludicrously crazy B grade sci-fi movie with like a big Hollywood budget. It's fucking bonkers, man. It's a really weird movie. I, I don't recommend it. It's not, it's not very good. If you want to just like, I don't know if you want to get stoned on your couch and eat popcorn <laughs> and watch a weird fucking movie. Have watch at it, but like, 
you, you can just kind of turn your brain off and watch them fight the moon. But like, it's 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 a weird movie. It's it's not very good. Um, the next one on the list, I gave this two stars. Um, and this was a real big letdown for me. This movie is just called Men. Um, this is directed by Alex Garland, uh, written and directed by Alex Garland, and he did um, Ex Machina, which I think I've probably talked to you about, and a movie called Annihilation, both of which are tremendous. He also did a show on um, FX on Hulu called Devs, and all, all of these things, he's very uh, sci-fi-minded. All, all of them are like crazy, trippy sci-fi stories. A lot of them are like kind of near-future techno thriller sci-fi uh, stories that are really, really good. I think, honestly, Ex Machina is one of the best sci-fi movies I've ever seen. Um, I loved Annihilation. This movie is basically about a, without giving too much away, it's about like a woman who experiences a very traumatic event in her life and goes to like an Airbnb or like a kind of a rent out like a cabin type thing in the English countryside. And it's in this small town and she basically starts seeing every... She's the only woman in the town, and every man looks the exact same. He has the literally the exact same face. Make your so choice. the the all of the male characters in the movie are played by the same actor, and the whole time you're trying to figure out if she notices this or if she's supposed to notice it, or it's like only you as the viewer who's supposed to be weirded out by it. Um, it has one of the most disgusting, weird, out there endings to a movie i have ever seen and also i i don't know what the point of it was but it was lost on me like the movie ended and i was like i don't know what i was supposed to get from that it was clearly some sort of a metaphor or allegory or something i don't know what it was it like i i might be just too stupid to get it or something but it was just just, stupid bro it's fucking weird and not very good. It, it, I was very let down because I'm a huge fan of Alex Garland. I've watched Devs. I've watched Ex Machina. I've watched Annihilation. Loved all of those things. This was just not very good. I, I, I can't really recommend it. If you want to watch something weird, if you want to kind of go out on a limb and watch a really weird, trippy movie, I would say go for it. But if you're not interested in that kind of stuff, I, I don't recommend it. Um, Next movie on the list uh, with two out of five stars is Jurassic World Dominion. Did you get a chance to see this one? Bro, I'm not going to lie. I've never been a big fan of the Jurassic Park. Really? Movie. Like, I, the the first two, I was probably like, this is so cool. Like, you the first know, one's like, fucking dope. Like, it's just I love a, the first it's an amazing concept, but it's I think Jurassic Park's kind of like one of those uh, movies, kind of like the Fast and Furious if we talked about, where it's just kind of like... Like, they're really squeezing like we every just, last drop. We could have just stopped after, right, right. you know... Like, why are we still making Like, the movies, first yeah. three, because the third one really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have just stopped, but here we are. Like, the Chris, the first Chris Pratt one, I liked, but I... It was fine, yeah. I was like, we're on an island again, and you make a fucking... You know, you breed your own dinosaur that ends up just wreaking havoc and like yeah. fucking killing people and other dinosaurs, and then everyone yeah. gets off the island. So, I am a big fan of Jurassic Park and that franchise. The first one I think is by far the best. I like the. I'm I'm a big defender of the original trilogy. Even a lot of people don't like the third one. I think it's very entertaining. I catch it on TV from time to time. It's it's pretty entertaining. Jurassic World I thought was fine. It was kind of just like. <coughs> copying Jurassic Park. It was almost like what Star Wars The Force Awakens was to A New Hope. It's like, okay, it's so it's just, just like, screenplay. let's just sh- slap a shiny new paint of coat on the same exact story. That's yep. kind of what it was. I, mean, I was like, okay, it's fine, whatever. Fallen Kingdom, I thought, was like actively not good. The plot, and, and really, 
it's not the problem with these movies is not like how they look. They look visually great. They it's look the awesome. The story is bad. Just it's just not good. Big bad dinosaurs on small island like, where people visit. Well, and like Fallen it starts with Fallen Kingdom and it gets even weirder and this is my biggest gripe with Jurassic World Dominion. The plot is so strange. It has to do with like it's almost like they threw together and mashed together like four or five different ideas they wanted to explore and it like partially is like a climate disaster movie, but it involves like genetically enhanced locusts that are like as big as dogs that are like eating all of the crops in the world. And then also like there's cloning technology and there's like a clone character and dude, it's all over the place. And it's like, guys, I feel like we're getting a little far astray from just like dinosaurs. dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like just People give me to a T-Rex dinosaurs. and give me a T-Rex that's slightly bigger with like a fin and have them fight. And like, that's, that's all I need. That's right. you don't have to, we don't have to get more complicated. Make it a massive war of T-Rexes for about right. an hour and a half. Yeah. And we'll be throw good. some velociraptors in there. Have right. a couple people get eaten. I'm cool. Yep. One, one guy needs to get stomped by a T-Rex. That's yep. a requirement. Have a guy taking a shit in a porta yeah. potty, get absolutely <laughs> mauled while he's taking a shit. But you don't need to do anything else that's literally all i require from a jurassic and like these movies are just doing too much and it's just it doesn't work so jurassic world dominion not very good um next movie on the list again a two out of five star movie is a movie called don't worry darling and this was a movie again that i think this one and men were like two ones that i was really disappointed in because i had a lot of high hopes for um this one was basically it, it had a lot of i don't know if you read about all this or if anyone listening heard about all the off-camera drama that was happening with this. So this is that Chris Pine movie with uh, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles was cast in it. And <clears throat> there was this whole drama of like Shia LaBeouf. And this is directed by Olivia Munn. And Shia or Olivia Wilde, sorry. Olivia Munn and Olivia Wilde, two different people. Olivia Wilde. Shia LaBeouf was originally cast in the Harry Styles role, as far as I understand it, but then there was some weird thing about, like, he had some sexual misconduct allegations and all this kind of stuff. And then Olivia Wilde divorced Jason Sudeikis because there was, like, rumors that she was sleeping with Harry Styles while they were married or something. I may be butchering that. You guys Probably. can go look up all the gossip. But then... Just a normal all, week in Hollywood. So all that was happening, and then... During the award circuit, there was this thing that happened where they're all giving, all the actors are there, they're doing a big film screening for Don't Worry Darling. Chris Pine's there, and as they're sitting down in their seats, Harry Styles appears to like spit in his lap, basically. And Chris Pine's like standing there clapping, and like all these people are looking at him, and he kind of like pauses and like just like smiles to himself and is like, I can't fucking believe this just happened. And Harry Styles like sits down, and so everyone was like, "Oh my God, are they beefing? Did Harry Styles really just spit in his lap?" And it became this like whole fucking internet story, and like they're trying to sell the movie. It, it honestly probably helped the hype for the movie. Unfortunately, the movie didn't end up being that good. Um, it was basically like it's set up like there's this small community that kind of looks like a 1950s or 1960s community. You know, everyone's driving old timey cars. The guys are dressed up in suits, going to work each morning. Their wives usher them out the door after feeding them breakfast and then they stay home and like vacuum and clean the house you know it's like very like 19 like what we imagine what was the truly 50s in the 50s. were like you know from sitcoms and stuff like that but then like weird stuff starts happening that's not really explainable and the Florence Pugh character starts to think that like what's 
something's amiss here and the guys go off and work for this top secret company and they're doing these weird experiments and maybe it's like fucking with reality or something. The setup's cool. It seems like a cool like Black Mirror type episode of like, oh, what's going on here? Is there like an alternate dimension or what the fuck's happening? I won't spoil what ends up being the reveal, but it's just, it doesn't work. The movie just doesn't work. And I don't know if it was because of a lot of the off-camera drama or like the script just didn't seem to be very tight. It kind of seemed like it needed a few more. It's probably a culmination of a lot of it. And and just like the actors, I like a lot of the actors. Florence Pugh's great. I'm a big fan of Chris Pine. There's other, you know, very talented actors in the movie. The, The whole setup was really good. It just didn't get executed quite as well as it could have been. So that one was a real letdown. Um, the next two-star movie, and this is the last two-star movie out of five, is a movie called Barbarian. And this one is one that, is, again, is kind of hard to talk about without going into spoiler territory, but I'll just say the setup is that one of the best setups for a horror movie that I've ever seen. And it, it this it's what got me hooked into the movie. If anyone's curious, just look up like one of the initial teasers or trailers to Barbarian, and you'll be like, wow, that looks like an awesome horror movie to watch. It's basically like... Setup is woman shows up into a strange town. She's flown in for a job interview. She's staying at an Airbnb. She gets dropped off. Uh, you know, she or she like pulls up a rental car outside of the Airbnb. It's in this sketchy fucking neighborhood. The house that she's staying in seems to be the only house in the entire street that's like has is like livable. All of the other streets, I think it's in like in Detroit or something. All of the other houses on the street are like dilapidated, dark. There's no lights on the entire street except for this house. She goes up there to discover that there's someone already in the house who thinks he's renting the Airbnb. So there's like this misunderstanding of like, oh, fuck, like I'm staying here. I thought I was staying here, this whole thing. And then he's like, well, it's like it's dark and rainy and stormy out. And it's like this dark, sketchy street. He's like, look, you can just stay with me. I don't want you. She's like, I'll go find a hotel or whatever. He's like, there's this big conference in town. You're not going to be able to find any hotel rooms. Of course there is. They try calling hotels. They don't have any rooms. He's like, look. Just I'll sleep on the couch. You stay in the room. There's no sense in you being stuck out in this sketchy neighborhood. Like, like you know, I know this is kind of weird, but like, t- and then he kills. Take any precautions you want. Any yada yada yada. So that's the whole setup. So she agrees to. She does all her vetting. You know, she sends a picture of his driver's license to her friend in case she gets fucking kidnapped. All this kind of stuff. She goes to sleep. She's like, oh, this is crazy. Can't believe this is happening. And then like. She starts hearing weird shit in the night, like wakes up in the middle of the night, can't find him. She hears him like calling for help from the basement, goes down into the basement, discovers there's some secret trap door in the wall that leads to this secret underground tunnel. She hears him screaming from back in the tunnel. I'll stop there because it goes <laughs> it goes way fucking left and then way right again and then way left again. Anyway. It's a big tunnel. There's. I'm not talking about the tunnel. I'm Ugh. talking about the plot. It's fucking bonkers. But great setup. It just turns into like it's one of those things where like I think they were going for shock value, and they just and it ended much. up just being like almost like comedically bad to me. It just I was like this is fucking stupid, you know. I was like, it was really dope and really scary all the way up to the point where I was like, oh fuck you, like come on, what are we doing here? So I don't know. It, that really worked for some people. It's one of the like most highly acclaimed and highly rated horror movies of the year. It didn't work for me. I'm not a fan. Um, it's honestly, it, it goes in a list of uh, that malignant and cabin in the woods of like the most ludicrous fucking horror movie plot twist I've ever seen in my life. So, I mean, if you're interested in just watching like a what the fuck is this and what happened here, go for it, I would say. But it, I don't know. It fell really flat to me. It just, it just didn't work. So, um, 
Next up, we're now into the two and a half out of five star categories. Um, the first one here is Uncharted, and this is the Tom Holland video game adaption uh, of obviously the famous Uncharted video game franchise. Um, it's got him and Mark Wahlberg in it, and it's like a it's a fine like action adventure movie, but nothing for, to write home about. Nothing to write home about for whatever reason. Video game adaption movies just never end up being that good, and I don't know why that is. Because when you play the it. video game, you like get it, you enjoy the storyline because you're like, ooh, you know, do I pick this one or do I pick this one? And then when yeah. you watch the movie, you're like, well, there's no choice. It's just yeah. you're more or less like you're get. Oh, I'm I don't get to see what happens. Like I don't get to watch Uncharted Two, which is going to be if you took the second one. Yeah, because you could play a video game a couple times and pick different things get at different, different points outcomes. and get different yeah. outcomes. Yeah. When you watch the movie, you're like, well, I just got to watch. There's no, like, I'm not going to know if he picked the other one, what would have happened. It's a more passive experience versus being It's just more of like, um, okay, we're watching a story. Well, and I think my experience watching video game movies is they always end up, for whatever reason, seeming like a watered-down version of the, the video game. You know what I mean? And I don't know... You would think it'd be the other way. Like you would think the video game would be fine and the movie would be dope, but it's like most of the time the video game's awesome and then the movie's like, ah, this is just kind of like a watered down. It's because the video games are like of if, what I just played. If they're making you know? a movie based on a video game, it's because the video game had a has a massive, massive like, following, following yeah, and, and yeah. people <clears throat> love it and every, yeah. like World of Warcraft, they made a movie on World of Warcraft. Yep. People shit all over it. Most they made video a show game on Halo, and everyone's yeah. like, in like the first ep, and I've never even watched it. I haven't either. <clears throat> and they're like, in the first episodes, you literally show who Master Chief is. You literally show who the character in Halo is in the first episode that you never you don't saw even his build face suspense in like any for of it, the and then you reveal his face. Everyone's like, and I don't care to watch. Like, right. if you waited till like the very last season or the very last episode of the first season, and right as he's taking his helmet off. All Fades of a sudden, black. it just like yeah. fades out. Everyone's like, Cliffhanger. fuck! Like, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. Yeah. But they were like, hey, this is Master Chief. And everyone's like, all right, well. What a shame, too. Because, like, dude, Halo, I have been begging, like, just my, in my mind, my biggest, like, fantasy movie adaption that I want to see is, like, I, I would go to James Cameron and be like, bro, fuck Avatar. Stop <laughs> wasting your time with Avatar. I want you to put $2 billion into a sick as fuck Halo movie. Please, please give that to me. James Cameron helming a three-hour-long... He, he'd have to go to Microsoft and get the Massive rights. fucking budget Halo adaption. That would be sick as fuck. And I'm glad we got a TV show adaption. That's awesome. I haven't watched any of the episodes, but like, yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I heard nothing but bad things no, about yeah. it, which is such a shame because it's like, dude, Halo would have been one of the greatest adaptions ever. That's such an awesome story. Anyway... Video game adaptions just, for whatever reason, don't end up working most of the time. And I would say Uncharted is probably another one we can add to that list. Um, next up on the list, this is probably one of the lowest rated Marvel movies just from other people and from my own rankings that of like the entire MCU. I gave Thor Love and Thunder two and a half out of five stars. I just was not a fan of Thor Love and Thunder. It It seemed like... I have a real problem with like I can handle if there's a, a comedic character like a Deadpool or a Thor where like clearly a lot of what is admirable and likable about their character is their comedic timing and it has and to the fact be that, that they, that's the character right 
But it's like at a certain point, there needs to be some stakes. And for there to be stakes, you need to get serious at some point. Right. Everything can't be a joke or nothing means anything. You know what I mean? And Thor Love and Thunder is one of those movies where it's like everything's a joke. So I'm never really worried for Thor's safety or any of the safety of other other characters because everything's just a joke. It's like we're right. making a spoof of Thor and it seemed like it took all of the good things about Thor Ragnarok and what made everyone love Thor Ragnarok and like Just amped it, it up to a thousand and never had any like real stakes at hand. And also, the main bad guy in the movie is named Gore the God Butcher. And you never see him butcher any gods, basically. He kills like one god on camera and then the rest of it you just like hear about. I'm like, hey man. Great story. <laughs> if his name's Gore the God Butcher. Butcher some gods. I want to see him killing some fucking gods. Like, what are we doing? That seems like a massive missed opportunity. Anyway, Thor Love and Thunder just does not work very well. I would say out of the three MCU releases of the year, it was by far my least favorite. Just, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Um, next on the list is a movie I just watched the other night, so I kind of squeezed this one in um, just under the wire to make it onto the list. But it's a movie called The Invitation. Um, this has the actress who played Miss Sandy from Game of Thrones later in the Game of Thrones uh, seasons. She's basically a woman who her parents have passed away. She doesn't have any other extended family. She feels kind of lonely in the world. She ends up taking a DNA test to figure out if she has any other family out there. Gets linked to this cousin who basically informs her she's a part of this like really well-off English family and invites her to this wedding over in England. And she shows up and finds out this guy who's like hosting the wedding is like rich as fuck, like old, old timey European English money that like lives on a manor and like stupid rich. Right. And it, this is not a spoiler to say, cause it's like in the trailers, but you end up finding out that they're vampires that live there basically. <laughs> and so they're kind of like the whole thing is trying to figure out like, okay, are they there? to trick her into like showing up so they can kill her or are they trying to like turn her? What's, what's the point here? And there is like a payoff to that whole mystery there, but I would say it, what I thought the movie was going to be and kind of how the trailers were marketed is she discovers that they're vampires. They're trying to like kill her. She tries to escape. And then basically what happens is like throughout one bloody night, she goes on like a rampage and kills everyone. Oh, but that's not what happens at all, really. And the ending ends up being like really rushed and kind of cheesy, to be completely honest. And it's just it kind of took a really it, the movie had a lot of potential in the last like half hour made it like a pretty not great movie. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I wanted to like that movie. It was just not that good. Um, the other, another movie on here that I gave two and a half out of five stars. Um, <clears throat> this one kind of like doesn't count, I wouldn't as, count a movie, as a movie, but it like kind it. of is a movie. It's the Harry Potter reunion special, which came out early January of 2022. It's, it's hard to, I mean, the reunion was fine. I thought it was cool. I, I like Harry Potter. You and me have talked about Harry Potter a bunch. It was fun to see, <clears throat> all the cast interviews have them reminiscing all that kind of stuff but it's like i don't know it's a reunion you like how how exciting can reunions really be you know yeah I mean? it's not very uh it's not like it's not a like new, an entertainment value it's just it's, more it's see where a, they are now right it's not a new harry potter movie it's right. just like a, oh look they're talking about harry potter it's everyone's getting together and reminiscing on old times it's fine it's it's nice but like it's 
you know, for the sake of this movie list, it's a two and a half out of five. Um, the next up on the list, another two and a half out of five is a movie called Blonde. And this was a direct to uh, Netflix release, which got an NC-17 rating, which not a lot of movies do nowadays because that's like Man. basically not far off from like a porno. <laughs> um, and this is the movie starring Ana de Armas about Marilyn Monroe. She stars as Marilyn Monroe. And... It's directed by like a pretty well respected like kind of like art house type director who has made some really good movies in the past and this movie looked really good and I'm a big Ana de Armas fan. It's just like brutal to watch. It's a really it's a real fucking downer of a movie. And like it's loose it's not it's not like a true biopic. It's actually based on a novel that someone wrote about Marilyn Monroe's life. So it's like a lot of it is based on things that actually happened to her, but it's an imagining of right. her life. It's, it's, it's exaggerating. Very, things. very loosely based on her life. So I mean, obviously, like she, they go through the actual marriages to the actual people that she had, and like they cover movies that she actually starred in. But like a lot of what's happening to her, they took huge liberties with. Right. So it's not like historically accurate in any way. Um, she does a. I think Ana de Armas does a great job. She's like very captivating as Marilyn Monroe. It's just like a really fucking brutal movie to watch. Like a lot of shitty stuff happened to her. If a lot of what happened in the movie did happen to her in real life, I I, I feel terrible for her because she had a fucking horrible horrible life. And it's it's one of those things where that's kind of the whole point of wanting to examine a star figure like that. Of like, look, on the outside looking in, she has everything. She she has right. she has wealth she has fame she's beautiful everyone wants to be with her and then behind the scenes all these horrible things have happened to her like her mom was like basically tried to kill her when she was younger and was like this schizophrenic you know horribly mentally unwell person and she was raised in foster care for a while and then she was like in several abusive relationships and was like raped and had went through like forced abortions and it's just like I don't know. It's a really hard movie to watch. Um, so if you want to check out Blonde on Netflix, I would say you need to get in the right headspace for it because it, it is not like an enjoyable experience. It's a rough watch. So that's kind of the only reason I gave it a two. And it's also very long. It's like nearly a three-hour long movie. So just be prepared. If you click on Blonde on Netflix, that that's what you're getting into. You're getting into a three-hour long NC-17 rated slugfest of a like downer of a movie just just a heads oh, up <laughs> um the last two and a half out of five star movie on here is black adam um there's a lot to say about black adam i think i was kind of touching on this last night when we were watching the national championship game but this is the rocks superhero movie this is kind of like his venture into the superhero genre which is kind of comical because basically every character he plays in any movie who's supposed to be a normal human is basically a superhero anyway this is a DC character who's basically like a villain to Shazam and Superman. And there's been a lot of like a lot said online about the failure of this movie, both financially and critically and what the rocks involvement in all of that was. And like an exploration of like his ego and who, how he thinks of himself as a movie star and all this kind of stuff. So there's an ego boost for him. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, I was listening to kind of like a, one of my favorite movie podcasts did a review of the movie and, and the, the co-host or the, the host said he's never seen a superhero movie where the main 
the main superhero was so invulnerable. Like there was never a moment in that movie like, where you were like, he can only die to Kryptonite, and Kryptonite doesn't exist. Basically, yeah. I mean, he was just basically like steamrolling every threat in the entire movie, and it was like effortless for him. And it was like, it. I think that's kind of what a lot of people are saying. Of like, I think this is how The Rock sees himself in movies. Like he he sees himself as like this indestructible force right. who is just always like never in any danger of losing a fight ever definitely never in any danger of being killed he's just not it's just, it's hard to relate to his character and like the story um i don't know a lot about like the comic book background of the character black adam but like i think they changed a few things about the story and his background and how he came to be and how he gets his powers and all that kind of stuff See, and, so then it goes away it's like it's not even it's just a random movie at that yeah, point. Yeah, and it's like and then there's the whole the the whole discussion of like how fucked up DC is and that whole thing. And I don't know if you've yeah, been following really that, bad. but like we've talked about this on the podcast before about how it's amazing how drastically different Warner Brothers has been running the DC universe as compared to Disney running the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how how connected and how put together and how streamlined everything is in the MCU, as good as they are at that, the DC universe is equally as bad at trying to do that. It's like on they their don't end. even know how to make like a story. And it's it's it was already fucked up. And then like in recent months, <clears throat> Black Adam comes out. There's all these stories about like The Rock is like retweeting and reposting to his Instagram these articles talking about like how much money Black Adam has earned the box office and there's all this like weird Hollywood accounting he's using that is definitely not true and it's like not making as much money as he's saying it's making and he's trying to like desperately save this thing that he's apparently he's been wanting to make a Black Adam movie for like 15 years or something like that and so it's it's kind of a shame that he's like worked this long on a movie that failed so spectacularly and honestly like I don't want to be too hard on the movie itself. It's not like horrible. It's just not very good. And then he was setting up this whole thing about like Black Adam was going to eventually fight Henry Cavill's Superman in the DC Extended Universe. But then like over the past few years, Henry Cavill has quit being Superman, then announced he was going to come back. And then now he's like being told by the people who are running the DC universe, which is now James Gunn, who is the director of all the guardians of the galaxy movies that Henry Cavill is now no longer going to be their Superman after he said he was coming back. And that all happened within like a few weeks. They're kind of like canceling any future wonder woman plans. Ben Affleck's not coming back as Batman. It's just in complete fucking disarray. Like no one knows what's happening over there. There's no coherence at all. They're jealous of Marvel's success, and then they tried to do their own thing, and everyone's like, "You fucking suck, dude." And it's just so I don't know how they fucked it up so badly because it's like they're still making. There's an Aquaman sequel coming out with Jason Momoa. They're trying to come out with a Flash Is Amber movie. Going to be in it? Yeah, apparently. Oh, well. there, which is oh, like shocking. Um, there's apparently still there's they're, they're still pushing this Flash movie with the guy who played Flash in the Justice League, even though the guy who plays Flash, Ezra Miller, has been in like copious amounts of legal trouble over the last year or so, and like they're they're, they're like finding it difficult to even like market that movie with him as its star because he's such a fucking shit show off camera. The whole thing is just like it's been a train wreck to to read about all this stuff and like you compare it to what the MCU is doing and you're like I just don't know how you're so bad at this and they're so good at it. I I honestly think what the MCU has over DC 
is one person at the head of it all saying, here's the plan and here's how we're going to execute this plan and I'm going to keep everyone on script. Because they MCU, Marvel Studios has Kevin Feige, who has been the guy since day one steering this whole ship. And until recently, DCU hasn't really seemed to have had that figure. Now they have James Gunn. James Gunn seems to be kind of like scrapping everything and starting over and creating his own cinematic universe with DC characters, which it might it might be a little more coherent once that starts happening. But it's like they're just all over the map. And Black Adam is like a perfect encapsulation of just like how fucked their whole well, thing is. Over Marvel there. is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. DC is DC. Like there's yeah, no universe like, in DC. And they're trying to make a universe. It's like just stick to making individual superhero movies. Yes. I honestly and think Superman and Superwoman <clears throat> are together in the comics, then you can put them together in a movie. But if Superman and Batman truly don't fight in the comics, and I don't fucking know if they do or not, then don't make them fucking fight because it's yeah. just going to be stupid. You're just trying to put two characters together. Well, and it's it's been kind of weird, and I I have thought all along that they should just scrap the whole universe idea and just start making standalone movies with the favorite DC characters and just make them a good movie on its own that doesn't have to be connected to anything else. Right. And if you look at the movies that have been most successful for them in recent years – it's been those type of movies. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix is not the same actor who was playing Joker in Suicide Squad. It was Jared Leto. And it, and it's totally separate from Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Right. And then you have this year, which a movie is a movie I'll get to, The Batman. Robert Pattinson is Batman in a Batman movie that has nothing to do with any of the Ben Affleck Batman movies. Henry Cavill's Superman doesn't show up at any point. It's not trying to be connected to anything. It's just like, we're just going to make a good Batman, Batman movie. And they fucking just, killed it. It's just Batman. Yeah, it's like just Batman. We're just going to make a Batman story unrelated to anything else. Right. And those have been the movies that they have succeeded in most. And it's like, you guys should just start doing this more. Just do just, what just, your movies were yeah. before. Just make Marvel a Superman movie like, where it does. He's not worried about being connected to any other hero. It's just a Superman story. Like they have the Justice League, Batman. but it's like <clears throat> you're not going to compete with the Avengers, so just don't. Right. Well, don't. and then it's like you also can't do that when you've built up like that takes. So basically, what the equivalent of that would have been would have been like in the MCU if by the time they got to making the Avengers. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like, I actually don't want to play Iron Man anymore. And like Chris Evans was like, eh, I'm kind of done playing Captain America. But like they still had Jeremy Renner playing Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson playing Black Widow. And like they still had these other, and like, and, and uh, Mark Ruffalo playing Bruce Banner right. and the Hulk. So you have like half your actors are like, well, I'm still in. I'm down to make Avengers movies. And then half of them are like, nah, I'm done. So it's like, well, how do you keep pushing this cinematic universe forward when like your major actors playing the major characters are like don't want to be in don't want to be here anymore, and they said they're gonna stop. It it's literally like, only has to do with the movie success, like right. You know, um, um, Robert Downey Jr. was like, I'm done playing Iron Man. He just goes, mm -hmm. I did it for a decade. Right, it I did was it. great. We fucking killed. You know, it. Yeah. we killed it. And he's like, but I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go do other things. And then there was like a reason interview. He goes. Yeah, I'd be willing to come back as Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, well, it's the success you had as Iron Man. You, people, talk, people are like, that's Iron Man. They're not like, that's you know, what's his name from Tropic Thunder. I mean, that was, yeah, that was yeah. an iconic role, yeah. which I've watched like <clears throat> multiple podcast stuff about that because it's uh -huh. really controversial. But like, no one's like, oh yeah, he's in Tropic Thunder. He's They're not like, known for anything he's Iron other Man. than Iron Man. Like he's and he's Iron Man. and he's in yeah. great movies, <clears throat> just like Christian Bale. You're like. 
That's Batman. Right. Like, that's my Batman. Same thing with Hugh Jackman. You're like, that's fucking Wolverine right there. Right. Like, but they're all in really good is. movies yeah. elsewhere, and they're very successful in those, but right. they're not as successful, and then people are like, well, it's the success. Right. Like, if people were like, hey, we want to reboot Game of Thrones, I bet you the majority of the Game of Thrones actors and actresses would be like, well, yeah, yeah, let's it's the biggest it. thing they've ever been a part of. Like, let's why fucking would they not? reboot it unless they're yeah. like, hey, I'm contractually obligated to do this. So if you can right. wait for my role right. to be introduced until you know I'm done here, yeah. then I can do it. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. So anyway, like Black Adam, I watched it on HBO. It's on HBO now. I waited till it was out of theaters. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's going to be a four-hour-long episode. We're an hour in and we're on movie. <laughs> well, we spent 27 out we, of we, 49 million. We, we spent 20 solid minutes ranting about spoilers and, and fucking gladiator sequels and all that kind of shit. Um, I'll start to speed it up. Uh, we're now into the three out of five star category. The first one is Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, this is a movie that's based on a very, very popular novel, which... I, I I know I just said I'm going to speed it up, but I do want to cover this because so it's a basically it's about a fucking book. <laughs> well, it's about and I haven't read the book, so I, I I can't speak to the book. I I enjoyed the movie, watched it on Netflix. It's on Netflix now for anyone who wants to check it out. Um, it's the interesting behind the scenes story about this book slash movie is that the plot is about a girl who grows up basically on her own in like a marsh or a swamp in Louisiana or wherever she is and kind of like raises herself because her family abandons her. Well, she these she ends up like encountering this boy she kind of falls in love with. Um, they end up kind of breaking up, whatever. Another guy comes into her life. He starts being like bad to her essentially. And then he turns up dead one day. And the police go out there to investigate. He's fallen from some tall, like, lookout tower or whatever, this, like, metal lookout tower that's built in the marsh. Anyway, the prime suspect for them is this marsh girl because she's, like, suspicious. She's mysterious. She lives out there by herself. This guy was going out there. They had some sort of relationship. He turns up dead in the marsh. Who are they going to blame? The marsh right. girl. So the whole movie is, like, her being on trial for his murder, and it flashes back to, like, her life and how she got to this point. It's pretty good, actually. I like the story. But what's interesting and what I wanted to bring up is the author of the book is it was like her first novel ever. She's like in her 70s, I think. And she's been a wildlife enthusiast and like documentarian or whatever for decades, right? Well, long time ago, like in the 90s or something like that, she was in like South America, I want to say. On some sort of you know wildlife expedition of like saving some animals from poachers or something I don't know the exact details, and there was a there was a camera crew there they were shooting a documentary. Well, anyway, apparently some poacher turns up dead that who was like coming around their camp and trying to threaten them or whatever. He gets like shot and killed, turns up dead, and they were blaming the the authorities thought it was either her or like her son who had done this murder. Well, anyway, they fucking bounced out of wherever that whatever country they were in. My my country won't extradite me. Right, back and they here. headed back to America. And I guess to this day, she is wanted by the authorities in that country. I forget which country it was for a murder. They're like she's wanted for questioning for a murder. And it's interesting that like the plot of this movie and the book that she wrote is eerily similar to that exact story of like what happened to her. In well, you her only life. bounce if you're guilty, or you only bounce if you're like. 
it wasn't us and they know it wasn't us, but they're going to pin it on us. Right, and, and I don't want to be I in do. a South American jail for right. the rest of my life. Yeah. So who knows if she's guilty or innocent? All I know is that is some juicy behind-the-scenes gossip to a story. And it, it, the the author of the story had an eerily similar experience to the, the main protagonist of Interest. of the movie. So anyway, Where the Crawdads Sing is actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, the next one up on the list with a three out of five stars is a movie called The Menu. And this is another, like, I hesitate to call it a horror movie. I guess technically it's a horror movie. It's more of like a thriller to me. It's basically about this couple who goes on a private dinner where they have to, like, take a boat out to an island. And it's, like, this very exclusive, like, small affair where it's, like, them and, like, 12 you other tables. never go to an island with rich people. Yeah, where you can't get off. And anyway, they have to pay, you know, some exorbitant price to sit. And they, they, they're going to go eat this meal from this world-renowned chef, yada, yada, yada. Well... Anyway, long story short, without going into spoiler territory, shit starts to go south during this meal. Like during the cor- as the courses go along, they obviously have like their appetizers, first course, second course, third course, whatever. Shit starts to get progressively weirder and bat- worse things start to happen to the patrons of Is this, this the one dinner. with the girl from Peaky Blinders? Michael's yes. American. Yes. She's in it. Uh, her name is escaping me now. Um, but she's a fantastic actress. She was in Split, was one of the first things I saw her in, and then she was in The Witch. Um, Peaky fucking blind. I'll have to look up her name. Um, I'll, I'll look it up here in a second. But yeah, she's in it, and she's kind of like the main character, and she basically, like, like without going into spoilers, she doesn't belong with the rest of the people who are there, and you kind of find out why as the course of the movie goes along. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, the next one up on the list is another three out of five stars. Um, this is a movie called Spiderhead, which I don't know if many people. This one seemed like it kind of like slipped through it. the cracks. It was a direct to Netflix release. Um, it stars Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, so like two pretty massive movie stars. Um, basically, the concept is there's a, it, again it takes place on an island. Um, no. Actually, one of the things you'll find, there's several movies on this list that clearly were shot during COVID that all take place on an island with like a very small cast. And you can tell that's all kind of related to COVID restrictions and all that kind of stuff. This is kind of another one of those. The director of this movie is the same guy who did Top Gun Maverick, which I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, That movie fucking slaps. But anyway, this movie involves Chris Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. And Chris Hemsworth is basically like this billionaire rich eccentric dude who has basically like built this prison on an island that's like this kind of like high tech low security chill prison where he like takes prisoners from other prisons and brings them there and their deal is that he lets them have a a relative amount of freedom like they can like they have like comfortable clothes. They're not like behind like locked bars and cages and stuff like that. They have the they have like a kitchen they can go use and cook meals for themselves and have coffee and they have like a gym. It's like a big apartment building. It's like a big apartment, but they can't leave. Obviously, they're they're still prisoners. But the reason why he's allowing this is they're undergoing testing for this like drug that he's basically using them as like human lab rats. And it's basically like this device that's connected to their back and it like injects these medicines directly into their spinal column. And he basically like what he's doing is he's trying to figure out if he can like bottle emotions. So he basically will like put these device, he'll put these little vials in their little pack and then he'll like put them behind like a, it's almost like a, 
laboratory type experiment where like the 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 person is on like the person being experimented on is on one side of like some one way glass and he's behind and he's got his like monitors and he's monitoring everything and he's talking to them through a mic or whatever and he basically will like inject them with something so say like you're the one that I'm experimenting on and I put something in your pack that's like supposed to simulate extreme anger and I'll like put another person in the room with you and you'll go from just being like fine normal like hey I'm here how you doing just had breakfast whatever and I'll like dispense this vial of medicine into you and it like fucks with your endorphins and your hormones and you become incredibly violently angry and like attack whoever you're with and of course he's like over there taking notes and shit like oh that's interesting interesting that this happened and oh like, I killed him and then like he'll he'll make two people who have never met before and have no physical attractions to each other and he'll inject some sort of like thing that's supposed to simulate either lust or like love and they basically like end up fucking each other and they're like uncontrollably like making out and fucking and stuff and like He's basically kind of like mind controlling people through like medicinal manipulation in their bloodstream. It's a it's a very very interesting concept. Um, I enjoyed it. It's it's a it's a good Netflix watch if you're looking for something interesting to check out. Um, the next movie on here is a movie called Luckiest Girl Alive. Um, this is a Netflix movie as well, starring Mila Kunis. And um, you know how I was just saying how Blonde is a really hard movie to watch. This is a really hard movie to watch. This is a movie that covers topics such as school shootings and rape. So, yeah, just know that going in. Um, I'm a big Mila Kunis fan, obviously. Love her. She's beautiful. Um, she was in that 70s it's show. Mila Kuchar. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she's still she's still Kunis. Yeah. Actors have to go by their their uh, prior names. Um, but it's it's a it's a rough movie to watch, and it's it's probably pretty anxiety inducing to a lot of people. So, just know that. Uh, going into that movie um next up on the list is a movie called Lightyear, and this is the pixar movie that came out this year which is the toy story spinoff obviously um from woody didn't get very good reviews i liked it we watched it on disney plus i i enjoyed myself um i think and i i was talking about this with with kayla and caleb and they didn't know this was the setup for it so i'm gonna go ahead and just let everyone know in case you're wondering, like, why does this Lightyear movie look so random and not at all like Toy Story? So basically, the concept, the setup is like the movie that you're watching when you're watching Lightyear is the movie in the universe of the Toy Story universe that like Andy would have watched. It's like a movie that exists in his universe that came out. And right. the action figure of Buzz Lightyear that he's playing with is based on this movie right. that he would have watched. So you're watching that movie, basically. It's kind of a clever, clever right. idea. So like you're watching the real inspiration. They're all, char- they're for all the characters toy. from shows in yeah. a show. Exactly. Like in the yeah. movie. Within that universe. Right. So that's the setup. Um it's not like the best Pixar movie ever made, but it I, I think it's enjoyable. If you like Pixar movies, if you like Toy Story, give it give it a give it a uh, a spin. Um, next up is a movie called Hustle. Um this is a Netflix movie as well. This is the Adam Sandler um basketball scout drama movie um pretty good i liked it it's basically like adam sandler playing himself because adam sandler seems to be like obsessed with basketball um i liked it and i think the the main um actor is an actual either current nba player or a former nba player and he's it seems to be kind of like loosely based on his actual journey to the bogdanovich 
No, he's like Brazilian, I'm pretty oh. sure. No, that's uh, uh <clears throat> can't think of the guy's um, name. Hernan right Gomez. Now. He used to play for the Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's his brother, but his they're both in the Willie Hernan Gomez or Juancho yeah. Hernan Gomez. It's it's one maybe of the brothers. Maybe it was Juancho. But like he plays basically like a fictionalized version of himself. <clears throat> um it's pretty cool. I am it, twelve. Yeah. If if you like Adam Sandler, if you like uh basketball, if you like sports movies, I would say give it a give it a watch. It's a pretty good one. Um, next up is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. So this is the sequel to Glass, or sorry, not Glass Onion, sequel to Knives Out, which came out a couple years back with uh, another Ana de Armas movie. It's got Chris Evans, uh, Michael Shannon, ton of, the original has a ton of famous um, actors in it. It's like a murder mystery movie, excuse me. This is the sequel to that. Um it just came out like late in the year of 2022. Um, got pretty good reviews. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as the first one. I usually don't go in for like murder mystery type movies. They just don't really uh, get my juices flowing as much. But um, it, it's pretty good. It's got uh, Daniel Craig. The only returning character is Daniel Craig playing uh, Benoit Blanc, the detective. And it's kind of funny to watch... Daniel Craig do like a southern accent and be a detective after watching him as James, James Bond, Bond for so many years. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd give it a watch. If you like murder mysteries, if you like Daniel Craig, it's got a good cast um, and, a, and a pretty good story too as well. So um, next up is Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, hey, did you ever hey, fucking watch this movie? We're finally to a movie I've seen. You have watched it. Yeah. So what do you think? It's all right. I mean, yeah. again, it's another one of those. It's a story inside of a story. Uh, <clears throat> the thing is, we don't really get... We don't get, like... In the Harry Potter universe, we don't get much insight into, like, <clears throat> these stories. There's obviously key pieces. But it's like, this is <clears throat> obviously an important part of the Harry Potter universe. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's hard because I'm such a Harry Potter yeah. person that it's <clears throat> like, I want it to relate to Harry Potter and kind of play out like harry potter but i have to go in knowing it's not so i'm already like oh bummer but like yeah it's still part of the world so i enjoyed it yeah i'm the same way i I gave it three out of five stars it's perfectly perfectly enjoyable um i think i liked it probably more than crimes of grindelwald and about the same as the first fantastic beast probably it's different Um, but it's not like yeah shit like i could watch this i did really like jude law as a young dumbledore i think that was a great he was yeah he was i I like that a lot and i like jude law in pretty much anything but um yeah if you're a harry potter fan give fantastic beast secrets of dumbledore a, a, a watch um like i said it's 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 perfectly enjoyable it's not it's not really great but it's not bad either um Next up is another, <clears throat> excuse me, another three out of five star movie. Um, this one's called Causeway. Now, this is probably a pretty little seen movie <clears throat> from. Uh, it's a direct to Apple movie. It's like an Apple TV Plus movie. This is one of Jennifer Lawrence's first like major film roles in a while. It's got Jennifer Lawrence and a guy named Brian Tyree Henry, who's a star of Atlanta, the TV show on FX, which I've never seen, but is like pretty highly rated. Um, <clears throat> She basically plays a a military person who is recovering at the beginning of the movie, recovering from a traumatic brain injury from like something happening to her overseas in, in combat. And she's basically has to like move back home. Um, I think she lives in Louisiana somewhere, like in New Orleans. And her mom is still alive, but like she her family's like very, very poor and she has like 
clearly tried to like get away from her life and away from New Orleans, and she comes back and kind of has to be there because she's recovering and she can't go back into the military until she finishes all her therapy and right. all this kind of stuff. And she meets Brian Tyree Henry's character, who you find out ha- also has a tragic backstory and is and is disabled as well. And they kind of bond over their shared tragic histories and it's a very like emotional movie um it didn't like blow my socks off or anything but i enjoyed it i thought it was a pretty good movie and jennifer lawrence is a really great actress and a bona fide movie star so it's nice to see her like coming back and and doing movies so it'll be i'll be curious to see what she does after this um the last one of the three out of five star movies is a movie called Ambulance. This is the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, movie directed by Michael Bay about bank robbers, basically. Um, <laughs> this movie's fucking crazy. It's basically like Jake Gyllenhaal, his character, and this character that he grew up with. I, I, um, I think it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen mili- is the actor who plays um, his like military buddy, wasn't it? Well, they're like they grew up in foster care together, I think, and they were like Jake Gyllenhaal's dad was like a criminal, or or their foster dad was like a bank robber, and he kind of taught them the ways of that life, or so, I don't know, something like that. <clears throat> anyway, they end up fucking robbing a bank and shooting a cop, and then they have to basically try and escape in an like an EMT ambulance with an EMT personnel in the back who's trying to save the cop while like all of the cops in Los Angeles are chasing right. them. And it's like a Michael. It's a Michael Bay heist movie. There's explosions everywhere, and lots of guns and bullets flying everywhere, and close-up shots of people, you know, really sweaty, yelling at each other. And it's like, it's exactly what you would expect from a Michael Bay movie. And there's a lot of cool like drone shots uh, of like, you know, cars colliding into each other and cop cars, you know, going off of fucking crazy jumps and flipping over and exploding on the ground and like the drone will fly under it as it's happening and stuff and it's 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 a really entertaining movie. It's not like the best movie ever made, but if you liked any of the Michael Bay movies, if you like watching Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal's kind of playing a really like unhinged uh but awesome and entertaining performance in this movie. So definitely recommend that one. Check that one out. Um now we're into the three and a half stars out of five category here. The first one up is called The Tender Bar. Um, this movie is just really enjoyable. I liked this a lot. Apparently, it's based on a pretty famous memoir. Um, this is directed by George Clooney, starring Ben Affleck, and it's basically like about a kid who he lives with his mom. His dad's out of his life. His dad's kind of like a drunk piece of shit who was never a part of his life, but who's like a radio host, DJ guy. And anyway, he kind of gets raised by his mom's side of the family, like her dad, so his grandpa, and then her brother, who is Ben Affleck. So this is this kid's uncle. Right. Ben Affleck's character in, in this movie is straight up the coolest fucking uncle ever. Like, it's it's what I aspire to be as an uncle, just like the coolest guy ever. And anyway, he kind of like raises this kid, kind of teaches him the ways to navigate through life and kind of fills in that fatherly figure role. Cause this kid's father is missing from his life and all Dead this kind of stuff. Dad. And it's cool. It's about this kid growing up and like going off to college and trying to become a writer and stuff. He's a, he's a real smart kid and trying to like make the most out of his circumstances. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, pretty good. I, I enjoyed the tender bar. That's an Amazon prime movie. If anyone's trying to find that one, um, this one, this next one up is called the Banshees of Inisherin. And that title is probably really like off-putting to a lot of people, and they probably haven't heard of this. But this is a Martin McDonough movie um, starring starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And basically, 
Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell were in another Martin McDonough movie years ago called In Bruges, which is fantastic. If if anyone has not had the chance to watch that movie, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. Most of the Martin McDonough movies I've seen have been awesome. Um, but it's basically so his style of writing and directing is like very dark humor. So it always it always centers around some like really kind of dark and fucked up storyline but there's a lot of hilarious dialogue and like kind of gallows humor to the characters um basically it's set like in the past and i i can't really tell like how long ago this is set it's kind of like old timey but they're on this like island in uh ireland i believe and basically there's like nothing to do on this island it's a very low populated island Everyone there is kind of like goat farmers and like, you know, fucking dairy farmers and stuff. And they just kind of like putts around. There's like one pub where, where everyone goes to hang out and have drinks. And basically Colin Farrell is best friends with Brendan Gleeson's character. But at some point at the start of the movie, Brendan Gleeson's character just decides that he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell's character anymore. And he basically tells him to like stop talking to him, and he won't sit by him at the pub anymore and have drinks with him, and he won't just tell shut him. Shut the fuck up! And he basically like won't tell him why. He's just like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And he's like, well, What do you mean? He's like, Well, I don't like you. And he's like, Well, you liked me yesterday. What, I don't. I'm confused. And he just like won't tell him. And anyway, it the the main driving plot of this is Colin Farrell's character. Like basically, he's kind of like a he's a good dude, but he's kind of like a dumb guy. He's kind of like an idiot. And he just can't accept that his best friend is just no longer going to be friends with him because there's like it, this island's too small. There's nothing else for him to do. He just wants to sit and hang out and make small talk with his friend at the pub and drink beers. And now he doesn't want to be friends. And his friend doesn't want to be friends with him. And basically, Brendan Gleeson's character says, you, you don't seem to be getting the point. I don't want to be friends with you, so let me make this very clear. The next time you talk to me, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers. And every time you talk to me, I'm going to cut off another finger. I have a pair of shears at home, and I'm going to cut off every finger I have if you keep talking to me. And he's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? And he's like, starting now. And he's just like, shh, puts his finger over his mouth. He's like, shh. And so then it's like watching him trying to be like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, is he bullshitting me? Is he bluffing? And then like there's this other kind of character who's kind of like, well, don't you want to see, like, don't you want to just talk to him once and see if he cuts off at least one finger and see if he's bluffing or whatever? And sure enough, he comes up, talks to him. The guy goes home, takes his pair of shears, shows up at Colin Farrell's character's house, and throws his fucking finger at his door. And he just walks off with this bloody stump on his hand. And they're like, holy fuck, he's serious. He's like out of his mind. And so the whole thing is kind of like, why does he not want to be friends with this dude? And he's literally going to these lengths where he's going to physically like mutilate himself to make this point. It's got it's it's a very funny movie, very strange. Um, it's not probably for everyone, but I really enjoyed it. Um Next up is a movie that is like probably the exact opposite of the Banshees of an Issue, and this is a very widely seen movie, and probably for a lot of people. This is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I gave this one three and a half out of five stars. I like this a lot more than Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, it's a really cool sequel to the original Doctor Strange, and obviously Doctor Strange that character has been in a lot of the other Marvel movies beyond his own first standalone movie um this deals obviously as the title implies with the multiverse so it kind of bounces off of what happened with dr strange and spider-man and spider-man no way home um i won't say much more about that movie just without going into spoiler territory but if you're a marvel fan you're gonna like this movie it's it's 
not the best Marvel movie that's ever been made, but it's not the worst either. It's it's definitely an enjoyable experience, and it's there's a lot happening in that movie. Um, this was my birthday movie this year, so I always try and go see a movie in theaters on my birthday, and this year it happened to be the movie called Bullet Train, which is Brad Pitt's new movie um, where he basically is like this freelance criminal guy who has to basically get on a bullet train in Japan and retrieve some sort of a suitcase and just get off. But obviously things don't go as planned. Talk about shit starts happening. Yeah. Hey, get on this train, grab this suitcase and just get off. And then there, it turns out there's a bunch of other criminals on the plane looking for the same suitcase and he doesn't know why. And he's kind of trying to be, he's trying to turn over a new leaf and like not be a criminal anymore and not hurt people. So he's the whole time he's trying to like defend himself from being killed by these other vicious right. criminals, but like not hurting anyone else. And it's like, I think it's the same guy who directed the first couple Deadpool movies. So a lot of like similar actors he's worked with. The action style is very similar, very comedic, totally action packed, entertaining movie. Yeah. I, I would recommend it. And it's on uh, Netflix right now, actually. Um, Next up, this is the last of the three and a half out of four star movies. This is a movie called Amsterdam. Um, I went and saw this with Zach, actually, in the theaters. And this is uh, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington's new movie, directed by David O. Russell, who has directed some of my absolute favorite movies of the last 10 years. Um, and it's really enjoyable. It's It's kind of hard to get into the plot of that. It's basically like set during like the 1930s I think and and basically these three characters John David Washington's character Christian Bale and Margot Robbie's character all knew each other from World War 1 they became buddies after the war and it's about them like trying to navigate through their lives in America um after World War 1 and it kind of like ties in a bunch of like the beginnings of fascism in America and the beginnings of the Nazi movement and you can kind of start start to see like the seeds of World War II developing and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's full of like plenty of quirky characters and like a weird plot right. and like lots of like fun, weird dialogue. Um, everything that makes a good David O. Russell movie. I, I liked it a lot. Um, now we're into the four-star category. So this is a movie I just saw really recently that was released right at the end of the year. So it kind of just made it into the wire for a 2022 movie. It's called White Noise. And this is um, the new Noah Baumbach movie um, starring Adam Driver, who played uh, Kylo Ren in the Star Wars sequels. And this movie's really hard to explain. It's basically like about a family in like the 1970s, or I think it's actually the 80s, who like there's this train carrying toxic chemicals that goes nearby their town that crashes and releases this airborne toxic event into the air and they all have to like a bit the whole town has to evacuate and it's super weird and quirky and funny and like very the plot is kind of all over the map but it it was like an oddly really enjoyable experience and like Mm. none of the characters talk to each other like normal people they all kind of talk like they're almost like narrating a book to you (laughs) or something it's very very odd but it's a really enjoyable experience it's a it's a it's actually a really cool movie i liked it a lot and that's on Netflix too. That's a that's a Netflix original. Um, next up is a is another Netflix original. This is called The Gray Man. Um, this was the Ryan Gosling and uh, I believe actually Anna Darmus was in this movie too. Um, action movie from this year, and this is directed by the Russo brothers, who were responsible for like Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Avengers: Endgame and and Infinity War. Um, and it's basically just like a straight up all out 
action like spy adventure movie um, with Ryan Gosling, and it's pretty fucking dope. I liked it a lot. It, those Russo brothers are really good at directing action. Like they make great action yeah. movies. They they didn't direct, but they also um, wrote and produced a movie that came out like a year or two ago. Another uh, Netflix movie starring a former Avenger, um, Chris Hemsworth. And it's called Extraction, and it's basically like about him trying to get this kid out of this horrible situation who's been like kidnapped, and he fucking has to like murder like a thousand right. people. It's like Taken, and yeah, it's like Taken mixed with like John Wick. Um, but they so th- they have been involved with a lot of like the best action movies I've seen in the last handful of years. So The Gray Man um, is a Netflix original. I would check that out if you like. If you like Marvel movies, if you like action movies, you know, kind of like black ops, spy thriller type stuff, check this one out. It's a good one. Um, so imagine this, right? Just a quick movie idea. They didn't kill John Wick's dog, right? But imagine John Wick had a kid and they kidnapped his kid. Like imagine, we all know what he did because you killed his dog that yeah. his wife gave him. Imagine his wife dies from cancer still. And they had a kid. And they had a kid, so now he's a single father. They don't kill the dog, but they kidnap his kid. So it's like Taken, but with John Wick. But John Wick. He killed enough people because they killed his dog just to get to (laughs) one son. Yeah. Imagine what he would do to all of these people. It would have been that much better of a storyline. Fucking God, this movie's great. They killed his fucking dog, and this happened. Now imagine they just take his kid. March, John Wick 4. Yeah. Let's let's go. We're in it. Just don't kill his dog. You'll be fine. <laughs> like I didn't didn't touch your dog. I didn't look. I pet her really nicely, and that was it. And like, he's like, "Yeah, you're fine. You're, you're like, cool." And all of a sudden, you like walk by me like. Um. Next up is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, I gave this one four out of five stars. I liked this movie. It was a good movie. It was, um, I I think the proper ranking here for the Marvel movies of 2022 is. Number one, Black Panther. Number two, Doctor Strange. Number three, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, obviously, you have the whole Chadwick Boseman passing away tragically, not being able to return as the titular Black Panther character. Um, so you have the whole aspect going into this of like, what are they going to do with that? How are they are they going to try and recast him? Are they going to try and transition that mantle to a different character? How's this going to work? Um, there ends up being it's almost like a cross between a Marvel movie and like Avatar, The Way of Water or something like that. There's like a or like Aquaman almost. There's like an Aquaman-ish character that ends up who I was not familiar with at all from the comic books who basically leads this civilization of like water strictly water living People who are, it's almost like a, a Wakanda that exists in the ocean that no one knew about. Like another tribe. Right. And this guy has like these superhuman abilities and he, it, they tie it into kind of like his history with Wakanda and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, he's the central threat. And then there's obviously dealing with um, the mantle of Black Panther and the, the, the country of Wakanda is kind of reeling from the loss of their leader. Um, they also end up kind of tying in this new character who seems to kind of be maybe the spiritual successor of Iron Man at some point. I don't know how exactly they're going to shake that out, but it kind of seems like that's where they're leading. 
there's a lot going on in this, and I think the only reason why it's not like a five star movie is that there's a lot of competing ideas, and you could tell they were kind of scrambling to be like, how do we, how do we, how do we replace, how do we Black do Panther? this? Yeah, because you can't replace Chadwick Boseman in his presence, and obviously you don't want to either. But this sequel was getting made no matter what, so it's like, right. well, how do we, how do we navigate these waters? So. I thought they did a really admirable job. I liked it. I thought it was a pretty solid movie. The best Marvel movie of the year for me. Um, so yeah, if you're an MCU fan, check it out. Um, the next one up is another four out of five star movie. This is All Quiet on the Western Front. So you mentioned this a few minutes ago. This is the World War One. A few minutes ago, like movie. an hour ago. Well, yeah, <laughs> more than a few minutes ago. But So you did watch it, right? Yeah, I need to rewatch it because, like I said, I was in an airport, so I would like yeah. get up and I could hear what was going on, but then I'd like reposition, and so I'm not reading the subtitles, mm -hmm. so I probably missed, you know, probably twenty percent of the movie just because I was yeah. watching it in the airport. Um, I was actually going to rewatch it this week, but I just haven't started it yet. But I mean, it's a war movie, and it's from a perspective that I don't think I've ever seen a war movie from. Like the Axis perspective right. of things, yeah. and so I, it's just it, it caught my attention, and yeah. I I enjoy that kind of stuff yeah. too. Yeah, for sure, me too. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought this was a damn good war movie, and it's you know it, it's it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, so you can watch it if you have a Netflix subscription. Like a lot of these movies, um, you watch it. So it's from a German soldier's perspective. Well, from a few German soldiers' perspective. Right. It's from the German side yeah. of World War I. And it's obviously the dialogue is in German, so you're going to have to read some subtitles and stuff. But it's if you're interested at all in World War I history and that war, or if you like war movies, you're going to enjoy this movie. This is a really – I thought it was a damn good movie. I, I thoroughly – it's not like – not quite as good as 1917, in my opinion. 16. It's 1917. But it happened in 1916. It's 1917. The movie's called 1917. Um, it's not quite as good as that movie. I liked that movie more, which I need to rewatch that, by the way. That's a fucking dope movie. But um, I liked it a lot. Great World War One movie. So, um, yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front, based on the, the classic novel. Um, check it out. Now we're into the four and a half out of five-star category. Um, the first one up on the list here is a movie called The Northman, which just... Straight up is a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> this is uh, this is directed by the guy who made a movie called The Lighthouse a couple years ago, which I never saw, which looked super weird. But I think he also directed The Witch. He seems to make he has like a fascination with period piece movies set during times of like great difficulty and like you know hardship. Like these characters are not living in an easy time or an easy easy place in the world. But this movie is basically a classic revenge story. So, like, Ethan Hawke is the king of this, like, Nordic village or, like, wherever they are. I, I don't know exactly, like, what type of people I would probably people are, say they're... Like, some sort of Nordic, yeah. you know, people in, like, the 1300s or something. Like, it's set a long time ago. And anyway, his, his son is kind of the central character, and his son is, like, 10 years old when the movie starts. And this this kid's father who is the king of this country or this village or whatever gets betrayed and murdered by his own brother. So this kid's uncle who then not only kills the king to take over the role as king, but then takes his brother's wife as his wife and the kid, basically they try and kill the kid 
he escapes, and then it basically flash forwards to when this guy's grown up, when the kid's grown up. And he has grown up being raised by these like savage Viking warriors, and he's like this fucking killing, like this chiseled savage Viking killing machine. And he's basically his whole life, his only purpose has been to f- go back there and get revenge for his dad, basically, and kill his uncle. And he ends up pretending to be like a slave and coming into the employee of his uncle years later and tries to basically enact his revenge. And, dude, this movie is fucking awesome. And if I can just get – this is not a spoiler because I think these scenes are literally in the trailer. But it's a Viking period piece movie that's super brutal and super violent, and it ends in an apocalyptic sword fight on a, <laughs> and an active volcano. Oh. That if if like I don't need to know Before anything more. It. Like fucking inject that yep. into my veins. I'll it's watch sick, it. dude. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right. So enough about the Northman. That movie's fucking awesome. You should check it out. Um, the next movie on this list is a movie called Prey, and I don't know if you've seen this one, but this is the Predator franchise spinoff movie that was released directly on Hulu. And dude, it is awesome. I've never got into Alien vs. Predator. Oh, Predator. I don't know how. Alien. I'm a huge Predator fan. Always have been. It's basically like the concept of this movie, I won't give too much away, but the concept is basically like it takes place about 300 years ago. This is on the one the, with like the Indian. Yes, yeah, on the okay. plains of America and dealing with like this Indian tribe basically and this alien ship drops off a predator and the predator is just there to hunt and it's basically about the predator slowly working its way up the food chain you can tell this is one of the early expeditions of predators onto earth and slowly works its way up the food chain and then starts encountering these like fierce indian native american warriors and they have to have this showdown with this predator and dude it is awesome it's fucking tremendous yeah i saw i just i've never been like you hey, honestly, a movie. you could watch this movie without having seen any of the other Predator movies and still enjoy it perfectly fine because it takes place before anything else that would have happened. There's no right. like real tie-ins to anything. Right, else. it's just like it's a standalone. It's a standalone thing. Um, I will say the director of this movie directed a movie called Ten Cloverfield Lane a few years ago that fucking slaps. That movie is awesome. A big fan of this guy. So his name's Dan Trachtenberg. I, he he absolutely killed it with Prey. I I I love this movie. So, um. I highly, highly recommend Prey. It's on Hulu if you want to watch it. Um, the next movie up is called Nope. And this is Jordan Peele's newest movie. Jordan Peele, obviously, of Get Out fame. He won the Oscar for Best Screenplay for Get Out. He made a movie called Us a couple years ago. He's from this is the one Peele where fame. They're like at a random house in the desert, right? Yes. So... This is his. I've seen all these previews, dude. And I just and I've seen stuff on like I've watched probably ten minutes on most of these movies on like YouTube, but I just I'm like yeah. Ah. So. This movie is hands down my favorite Jordan Peele to date. I I saw Get Out, liked it just fine. I think everyone kind of exaggerates how good that movie is, in in my opinion. I I liked it. It's fine. Us, I thought was pretty good. Really cool concept. I mean, he's honestly the best, probably the best, if not one of the best, uh, working original horror writer directors that we have today which is really weird because he comes from key and peel it's he just like from comedy such a weird transition but like he brings with him that like really intelligent comedy and social commentary from key and peel into the horror genre and nope is basically like a ufo horror movie written by the guy who made get out 
I won't see any. I won't say anything else. But it's basically like it's about a black family in Los Angeles who is basically they're like horse trainers for Hollywood, like horses that need to be used in commercials and movies and shit like that. And they're like the only black-owned horse training ranch in in Hollywood, or I don't know something like that. And anyway, they start having these encounters. So obviously they live kind of like on a ranch, right? Because they raise horses and train horses and stuff. And they start having these strange UFO-like encounters. And I won't say anything else because I don't want to give away any spoilers. But this movie is really good. It They kind of lost me a little bit in the last, like, 15 minutes. The ending didn't quite hit the way I wanted it to, which is the only thing stopping it from being, like, an utter masterpiece in my opinion. But this movie is, like, really well done. I was a big So he's fan really good movie. for 98% of the movie, and then the last 2%, you're like, oh, Yeah, on. yeah, which is the only reason it's, like, a four and a half and not a five-star movie. But highly recommend Nope. Uh, if you like horror movies, if you like Jordan Peele, if you've liked, you know, Get Out or Us, check it out. I'm a big fan. It's my favorite Jordan Peele to date, hands down. Um, next up is Avatar The Way of Water. So you haven't had a chance to see this yet, have you? No. It's really good. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty awesome. Um, obviously, you know, like, there's probably not much I can say about Avatar that hasn't already been said. This movie is 13 years in the making. The original came out back in 2009. Uh, it was the highest grossing movie of all time. Um, you know, Broke all kinds of records box office wise, shattered barriers in terms of the technological achievement. Um, you know, what else is there to say about Avatar? So, this is the follow up to that movie. Uh, James Cameron seems to be pretty dedicated to making like the rest of his career all about Avatar. Apparently, there's, I think, Avatar 2 and 3 have been pretty much all almost exclusively shot and are like kind of ready to go and in post production. So we're going to be getting Avatar movies for the next 10 years, most likely. Um, and Are we going to get them for the next 10 years, or are we going to get one in 10 years? Well, Or is so, it going to be like five years this time? No, I think, and the reason why I say we're going to get them relatively soon is is two and three are like pretty much done, I th- as far as I understand it. That's what I've read. Well, two, so, is, two is out. No, I, so sorry, three and four. <laughs> three and four. Yeah, two's pretty much done. I'm like, well, I hope so. Yeah, two, I'm sorry. They released right. that shit to the public. So three and four are like pretty much done. So I think three's supposed to come out in like 2024, 2025 or 2026 is the next one. And then I think he has like five total planned, I think, at least as of right now. You know what really threw me off when the first one came out, though, was I loved Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Like the show, the cartoon. Yeah. And... Then You're I like, was like, "What is this?" You like, like thought it was going to be. I thought that? it was yeah. going to be like, "Oh my fuck yeah!" You yeah. know, like I'm obviously we grew up, but then I watched it. And I'm like, eh, "You know, okay, you can have the Avatar." Now. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, Avatar is an experience. It's one of those things where like Avatar doesn't seem to have like that cultural relevance that a Star Wars does or a Harry Potter, but it is an event that like when that movie when the first one came out that was a big event and it was a big deal to go be a part of the Avatar experience. And I would say. Go check it out in theaters if you have a chance. I saw it in like the standard formatting originally. We're gonna go back and see it in 3D. I think I would like. I don't it know more in if 3D. I can watch movies in 3D anymore. I'll see it in IMAX, but like 3D well, to me, just there's like no benefit in 3D. Well, the I would say I agree with you, except for a movie like Avatar. I think it's literally made to be seen like that, and it's really one of the only movies that comes out that is like 
needs to be seen on like a giant screen in 3D with the whole fucking IMAX experience. Like, then again, I don't think I've seen a movie in 3D since you had to wear the fucking like paper fucking yeah, glasses where yeah. one's red and they one's kinda, blue. Hollywood was kind of pushing that for a while and they kind of gave up. It didn't really catch on the way they thought it was going to. But there's not that many movies that are like worth seeing like that other than this. It's like, their concept of 3D used to be like things flying out at yeah, you and yeah. it shouldn't necessarily be that. Should it just yeah. cause should be more like you're kind of viewing like a fish tank type yeah and, globe. and the only reason i would say this movie kind of needs to be seen that way and it's designed that way is you're really supposed to be transported to another world when you're watching avatar you know what i mean like you're, well, on, yeah, pandora. I mean, you're on pandora you're supposed to feel like oh my god i'm like on a different planet watching these events unfold and that's kind of why i say like the 3d i feel like I, i'm gonna go back and see it in 3d and Speaking i think i'm gonna like it more of pandora I saw something that they found a planet that literally they're like, this is Pandora. They're, oh, they, really? They, they believe that there is carbon life existing on the planet already. They're like, Sick. we can see that there's water. Sick. They're like, we obviously can't test, so it might not be water, but they're like, it looks exactly like Pandora should. And I'm Fuck like... Yeah. So there's probably life then, because we... Dude, there's life. If, there, if there's anything we know about life is that wherever you find water... That, that's that's the, Actually, pretty much the requirement. Wherever for you life. find carbon or carbon dioxide is where you find life. Yeah, but like you pretty much, as far as we understand it, you like you need to have water or else there's not really any life that's going to be around. So that's pretty exciting if they have found a place like that. That means it's probably teeming with life. If I had, to but guess. then again, it's like yeah, we saw this from twenty billion right, light years yeah. away. We so never, by the we time we get there, get there the well, planet will be a fucking little pebble flying. Well, by. maybe by the time we get there, we'll have the technology to create avatar-like creatures and move your consciousness into another body, and like we'll be living. What do you mean avatar. create avatar-like creatures? There already are avatar creatures. Well, that's what I mean is like in that in this universe they they grow avatar bodies and then put your consciousness well, right. in it. But I'm saying like there has to be an avatar species to be able to try and like integrate ourselves. Well, okay, but I'm talking about the technology. So I'm saying like maybe eh, by, by the time we not. reach that planet, we will have the technology where we can like take your consciousness and put it in another body of some sort. No, I'll be long dead, so <laughs> my consciousness Dude, won't fucking be cryo freeze, bro. Sci-fi. Dude, so science, okay, science speaking fiction. of that real quick, I read an article and I think it was a uh, I saw a story too that there's this like place that they've been cryo freezing bodies, but then they lost power and then they went out of business. So then there's just been a bunch of decomposing rotting bodies in this place where People thought like, yeah, you know, my dad who died in the 50s, who paid all this money to be frozen and try and like, you know, bring back to life when the technology exists. They're like, yeah, they, they don't, we don't know where his body is anymore because they went oh, out of business gross. and like they all unfroze and like and they just decaying. left everything. Yeah. Ew. So people Ew. paid all this sorts of money and then all of a sudden it was just. They just ended up they worm just, food like, yeah, like, like everyone else does. Yeah. Because the company or whatever that did it went out of business. So then they cut power and like all these bodies thought out. I was like, what the fuck? Like that's bizarre. I mean, at least the person's dead, but that's still like, I can't believe they just were like, we're not going to do anything about like, this. Like imagine if we had anymore. the technology where they like unfroze and they woke up and they're just like come out and it's just a stench. And you're like, Where the fuck am I? Ugh. And they're like, sir, you're in 2020. And they're like, <laughs> they go outside and everyone's got masks on. He's like, what the fuck's going on? They're like, where are you? And he's like, they're like zombie apocalypse <laughs> just fucking murk him um yeah avatar the way of water there's not much else i can add 
go check it out. It's fucking awesome. It's it's in the middle of we'll we'll see if it makes as much money as the first one did. It's already at like 1.7 billion globally or something like that. So clearly a juggernaut. Uh, James Cameron clearly still proving he can make money even post COVID pandemic when no other movies seem to be able to make any sort of money at the box office. Um, next up is a little movie called Top Gun Maverick. And this movie, prior to Avatar The Way of Water being released, was the highest grossing domestic movie of the year and was like one of the highest grossing movies of all time and was slowly climbing up the charts. It had a box office run all summer. Um, This is the long-awaited, like 30 years in the making, sequel to Top Gun that Tom Cruise starred in in, I think, 1986, I think is when the first one came out. A long time ago. Um this new movie is fantastic. Every, every good review you've read about this movie and, and read all these articles about how much money it's made, it's, it's for good reason. The movie is fucking amazing. It's far better than the original Top Gun, in my opinion. I was never the biggest fan of the original anyway. I, it's fine. This movie it's hard to get into. blows it out of the water. I think this is in the running for one of the greatest sequels ever created. Well, it's, you, like, it's it's fucking amazing. I mean, when you look at like what they went through to do this, Tom Cruise, the the one thing that I did read, they were like, "We're you'll be allowed to have these fighter jets in the movie." And like I don't know if it was the Air Force that loaned them to them, but they were like Tom Cruise is not allowed to fly. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to touch any they of were the like, controls. He's, despite being fully licensed and capable yeah. of doing it, they're like he cannot fly. Yeah, yeah. From what I from what I read, actual fighter pilots were flying the planes, and then there was just cameras in the cockpit filming Tom Cruise, and he was just acting like he was flying the plane. They never let him actually touch any right, of the But controls, they all like flew like... Which a, is understandable. It's like you're not going to let him just fly around a $25 million fucking plane because he's an actor and he wants to make a good movie. Like that's... The military is mean, like, we're not going to let you do that. But if if they were like, if you want to buy a plane for $25 million and take all liability away from <laughs> us, Tom Cruise probably would have been like telling the fucking studio, like, cough the fucking <laughs> like, money hey, up. I'm get, Tom Cruise. Let's get buy three. Plane. Let's get three. Buy the fucking plane. Yeah. Well, okay. So... Tom Cruise, obviously, one of our last remaining like mega, mega movie stars, has been making massive movies and great movies for like 40 years at this point. Um, he is like our last... It, it, most of the movies he makes nowadays are these big event movies. Like He basically just stars in like Mission Impossible and movies like this, Top Gun Maverick. And this movie is partially written by Christopher McQuarrie, who has directed him in the last few Mission Impossible movies. And you can tell towards the end of this movie that there's a Mission Impossible influence on this a little bit. I won't go into any spoilers or anything, but I'll just say when I saw this in theaters the first time, I would say about halfway through, I was like, this is a pretty good movie. I like it probably around the same as the first movie it's like you know updated got better graphics obviously it's entertaining i'm enjoying myself and then the last like half to a third like third to a half of the movie the last kind of act of the movie i was like holy shit this movie's fucking amazing (laughs) it 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 blew me away dude this this movie if if you have if you're listening to this and you've not seen top gun maverick do yourself a favor and check it out it's a tremendous movie. I, I I have nothing else to say about it without going into like spoiler territory, but it is just a fantastic movie. Um, all right. The last movie on this list is a little movie called The Batman. 
Um, I mentioned this a little while ago at the beginning of the, of the podcast. This is the Robert Pattinson starring um, Batman movie that features the Penguin and the Riddler. The Riddler is kind they of finally the main brought villain. back some villains from the Batman. Yeah, that everyone and, knows. And this, I was a huge fan of this movie this year. Um, it's basically. I, I will say, if you're going to go into this movie as a Batman fan or like a superhero movie fan, be prepared to experience a different type of storytelling than you're used to. It's not, there are some tremendous action sequences in this movie, but it's not an all out action movie Batman movie. It's more of, you know, Batman in the comics has that moniker of like the greatest detective in the world. This is a detective story of him trying to basically outwit the Riddler, but it's a Batman movie. So it's like him trying to use his smarts to outwit the Riddler, who is basically a serial killer going on this rampage of taking out like high-ranking politicians in Gotham. And Batman's trying to stop him, and it kind of involves the Penguin. Colin Farrell plays the Penguin in the movie. Um, Zoe Kravitz is uh, uh, Catwoman. And it it features some really really awesome action set pieces and like a really is awesome this one of the only Batman movies too where Batman's just like I don't give a fuck about human life like I'll kill you. He's he's very so it's like they they set it up as like this is year two of Bruce Wayne being Batman. So he's like his Batmobile is kind of like a sick looking like American muscle car that he's like pimped out and put this like fucking crazy jet engine on and stuff and like. He his the Bat Cave is just like this big wide open cave that he kind of drives down these tunnels to find, and it's like he's he's very like moody and kind of like he's like a gothy kind of moody pissed off Batman, and he's very like this is only year two of him being Batman, and he's like journaling throughout this whole experience about like him starting to venture out and like have his identity as Batman and whether he whether or not he thinks this experiment is working to to prevent crime in Gotham and all this kind of stuff and like when he goes and fights bad guys he does it with like a real anger like he's still got this edge to him of like every criminal he faces he thinks like they were directly responsible for his parents deaths right. basically he has this like burning fucking anger with him <laughs> all the time dude it is so sick this Batman movie is I will go ahead and say it, and I don't think this is like to me getting ahead of myself. It's my favorite Batman movie behind the Dark Knight from the original uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy. I mean, you could put the Dark Knight Rises like it, the, the, Rises. Like you got to think it's the Dark Knight. Rises and then is, Dark in, Knight is Rises in the discussion, like, but I think the Batman is right behind the Dark Knight for me in terms I of like my favorite. I wouldn't say Batman that's movies. like surprising. Like I'm saying, it, it's either the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, or like. Like it's the Dark Knight and then the Dark Knight Rises, or maybe this one. I haven't seen yeah. this one, but what I'm saying is, it's the Dark Knight for sure. And then after that, it kind of really doesn't matter. Right. The Dark Knight is is the pick. It's right. the number one. Draft and then Dark Knight Rises movies. is definitely yeah. two or three. Yeah. But this movie fucking slaps, though, dude. So all right, that we have reached the end of the list, and I know we're 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 coming up on like two hours now of recording. I did not expect this one to go this long, but um. So now, without further ado, I'll rattle off my top five, and I don't think you really have a top five because you've only seen like what two or three of these. movies? I have a top two. So, what were these movies that you saw? You saw, saw All Quiet on the Western Front, right? Right. I saw Top Gun, obviously. Oh, you saw Top Gun and then Fantastic and then Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Okay. So, so what I would do Top Gun one, All Quiet on the Western Front two, Fantastic Beasts three. 
All right, fair enough. Um, mine in order from five to one, I went Avatar: The Way of Water. Number four, Prey. Number three, Nope. Number two, Top Gun: Maverick, and number one, The Batman. That was my top five for 2022, and I I deliberated this quite a bit, and I was I was really you know. The Batman and Top Gun Maverick. The Batman came out in like March, and then Top Gun Maverick came out like in the middle of the summer. They kept pushing so, Maverick back and back and right. Back, Maverick and was supposed to come out like, like in 2020 and didn't come out until middle of the summer 2022. And and then they were so, like box office hit. Yeah, box office fucking juggernaut. So these two movies have been out most of the year, and I kept thinking, I'm like, there's got to be, there's going to be a movie that's going to come out that's going to rival those two for like my favorite of the year, and nothing ever did. I mean, nope. Prey and Avatar The Way of Water are all really three like awesome movies that I thoroughly enjoyed. But Top Gun Maverick and The Batman are hands down my two favorite movies of this year. And like those two are kind of interchangeable. I was going back and forth as to which one I liked more. Um, Taya is like a gigantic fan of Top Gun Maverick. That's like one of her all-time favorite movies now. Um, It's such a good movie. So if it was up to her, that would be her number one of the year. But I just really, really, really fucked with the Batman. The Batman is is tremendous. So there you go. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I know this has kind of gone long, um, but I get excited to talk about movies. And So now we're going to do an episode I, on hockey. I, I appreciate Matt for indulging me again while he's watching the Avs game, patiently waiting for me to quit rambling about fucking I was going to say, the whole time, Zach's been talking whatever. inside of my head as I turn and watch <laughs> the Avs game on t- on my uh, computer. So anyway, um, that's, that's a wrap for the 2022 movie review. So um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is our first episode of 2023. We're happy to be back. This is year three for us right year three season season four four of the of the podcast so uh we appreciate everyone's support if you're a brand new listener thanks for tuning in if you are a repeat listener we appreciate your support um you know continue to tune in we'll we'll hopefully continue to have interesting topics and episodes for you guys to listen to um we're still enjoying doing this so we'll keep doing this as long as you know we're still enjoying things and, and, and you're and you guys continue to listen so we appreciate all the support um, go check us out under Just Browsing on Facebook, uh, on on Podbean. Those two locations will take you to any of our social pages. Um, we obviously have like Instagram, uh, Facebook. I think we, there's a YouTube channel and everything. So you can you can kind of find all that through um, the Facebook and the Podbean um, pages. So just search Just Browsing on any of those locations. You'll find us. Um, but yeah, thanks for the support, everybody, and. Uh, We'll be back um, probably within the next couple of weeks with another topic that is hopefully enjoyable. Yeah. So, so thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks everybody. Till Later. next time.